the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. Steve Teal, Very Bold Radio and Podcast, already having a lot of laughs (laughs) with Rebecca Grieben. And how are you doing, first of all? I am doing well. Thank you. Okay. All right. (laughs) I want to tell our guests or our viewers, I want to tell you all and our listeners right away, um, I'm going to turn this over in just a minute to Rebecca. I've asked her to come and share her teaching from Jingle Bell which is a wonderful event that she does in New Braunfels for New Braunfels, but also River City Church Women's Ministry that you do an incredible job. And I just asked you to come and share that teaching because I know every year there are incredible messages that you put together. Yeah. And so in just a minute, we're going to do that. But before we do that, since we've been having such a fun time, I want to ask you about that story about Joy Personified. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I really don't. You don't know. That's what I told you the theme was? No, 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 no. Oh, I was like. No, no, no. You were telling me a story. That's great. And so before we went on air, I was like, yeah, we're going to start with your story about Joy Personified. And you said, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't really know what you're saying. You you just said a few minutes ago, you were talking about if you want to see Joy Personified. Oh, yeah. So sorry. Okay. This is going to go well. Y'all are, yeah. Is it? Yeah, right. Apparently, I can't remember what I said two minutes ago. No, so my birthday was last week. Happy belated birthday. Thank you very much. And we don't count the numbers anymore. We just take the presents. But but my birthday was the same day as Jingle Bell. Oh, no. Yes, so which was wonderful and fine. And the ladies actually were so gracious. They surprised me with this gorgeous bouquet of flowers. I love flowers. But I couldn't do anything, obviously, for my birthday with my husband or my family. And so Saturday was kind of that day. So during the day, we did like this fish fry with grandparents and kids and everything, and then Saturday evening we had date night. And Greg said, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take you birthday shopping." And he was like, "I know we each have our thing; we can't get enough of." For him, it's anything to do with fishing yeah. or golf. Really, he's got a couple oh, of things. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. He's, yeah, I bet he's got a Hunting, few more. You know, we got yeah. a few things in there. And he said, "But for you, I know it's purses. So we're gonna go and pick." Do you out have a more purse. than a couple things? I, I, honestly, a couple. Yeah, maybe. Okay. But purses is my big one. <laughs> okay, I right. love purses. Okay. And so we went to the outlet malls in San Marcos. Yeah. And I was telling you, if you want to see Joy personified, take yeah. Greg Grebon into a coach <laughs> store. It was the best thing I've ever seen in my life. In fact, we ended up going into like seven stores. And he's Why? because he's so methodical. And he was like, at each store, you will take pictures of the top three purses that you like the best. And then we will go to the next store. And so I had like 21 pictures of purses in my camera. And I wasn't allowed to pick one until I went to all the stores. 
and this, I mean, he's the funniest thing. That's and hilarious. You know, Greg, he's like this, yeah. you know, big old tall, like oh. jeans and boots walking around and he's like popping in and out of like Versace that, and Kate Spade and yeah. Danny and Burke. And so we ended up back in the coach store and then yeah. he was super thorough. I think he brought me almost every single purse in the store yeah. to like try on. At one point he was like, here, give me yours. It's getting in the way. So he's carrying around like my fur <laughs> vest and my other purse oh my and bringing the salespeople loved him. Yeah. He was the funniest thing. Yeah. So we did find a purse that we were both very happy with. Yeah. Do you want to? Yes. You, oh, it's back oh, there. It's back it's here back somewhere. There. Okay. Yes, but it's quite lovely. I'm <laughs> very excited lovely. about it. But he was the funniest thing. And, you know, it was so neat, too, because when when something is someone's love or the yeah. gift that's important to them, you know, one of the biggest things we can do besides the gift that's important to them is making it important to us. And so I think the fact that he was so oh my gosh. thorough Dude. and took so much time and never got impatient. I mean, we were – in fact, there was – a line outside of Gucci and I was like we don't need to go in Gucci like there's a big line and honestly I'm not going to pick a Gucci purse yeah. like she is and he was like I don't know we can stand in line and I was like well I'm getting hungry purse man I don't know purse about man. you but I'm going to need a break <laughs> like I wore out before he did but it was then even more yeah. than that purse like the fact that he was having so much enjoyment like helping Greg. find one I know right he's Such killing the win. rest of us now, I wish well, now Greg I wish I hadn't asked that story because <laughs> no, you're so making great. the rest of us look bad well That's no amazing. he does a lot of fishing and hunting so oh no I mean you he's know. the guy that Chuck Norris if you tell Chuck Norris <laughs> like hey I know Greg Grieben he's like you do, do you? <laughs> really I, I mean yeah Greg Grieben's the manliest man there, there well, is well that's very sweet. Yeah. he's pretty manly yeah so oh, it made yeah. the purse thing twice as funny oh my gosh because yeah because he's like wait yeah. put the long strap on and see if you oh, like the way it looks I do wish we had some video of that I really I wish I'd taken a video. It was completely worth it. Greg, you uh, are the man. He is that's, the man. And the I fact. felt very special and pampered. And we had a ball. Okay, it was good. so fun. So, yes, that was joy, joy personified. I didn't realize I had spoken so, like, formally about it. You, that's what you said. I know. I'm that's like, oh, that's said. a sermon title. It is. It really <laughs> is. And I want that story in there. All right. Just looking at your bio, I had you on as a guest where it was just an interview. And this yes. really is. I'm just excited to turn this over to you for a Christmas message. You. Um, but you are not only the director of women's ministry for River City Church, named Sisterhood, um, and you do so many things with that, but you're also a... Really, I mean, just uh, growing as a speaker, like you're you're traveling all over New Jersey, New York, wherever you go, Houston, um, speaking especially, I think, to women. Yes. But uh, man, you're just—it's just growing a lot. It's pretty yeah, crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. It's really fun though, and I'm so grateful yeah. because I'm really terrible at like marketing and web stuff, and so I'm super honored and grateful that, yeah. to get invited places it's, and it's kind of been a word of mouth thing which has been yeah. really neat and yeah. it's been very organic which is good too right because my family and you know, my kids are still pretty young and yeah you know a little high maintenance and they're neat just because the age they are right. honestly i mean they oh, of course you know they don't all drive and right. luke said his first year at college i mean there's a lot of right. energy expenditure and so i don't ever want to miss or take away from what they need right. at the foundation but they're funny like they really they're are funny. like Get on the road, lady. Like, let's go get you speaking. And they love it. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. They're so sweet. They're all fussing uh -huh. at me. Emery, in fact, today, you know, she's 12 now. Oh, that's and weird. Yes, it okay. is weird. She got to come to her first Jingle Bell this year because oh, she was old gosh. enough. She absolutely loved it. She was of so course. cute. But she, I told him this morning I was coming here. Um, and she goes, well, you know, if you'd been on top of it and had your book done, Steve could be promoting a book for you. But <laughs> <laughs> she remembered that. She's like shaming me for my. <laughs> and I was like, I will work on it. She goes, mm, 
Oh, <laughs> we'll She's see. She's so sassy. We'll I know, right? <laughs> I don't know where she gets it. Her dad. <laughs> yeah. Her dad, yeah, very sassy. Oh, my gosh. So that's sassy. funny. But they're super supportive and they're, yeah. they're really, really sweet. I appreciate yeah. them a lot. And they're good sports about me telling, you know, some of their stories and – I hope so. They are. Otherwise, there's going to be. I know. I always check with them, though, especially as they get older. Yeah. Uh, I always check with them a lot about, you know, is it okay if I tell the story? This is part of your journey, too. Are you comfortable? Because it's it's not just my stories. It's theirs, too. Right. We got to be sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, How do you want me? You you invited me. I'm allowed to interject questions. And maybe you're listening and you're like, yeah, he's going to interject questions. (laughs) That is not the plan. Yes, I love to interview people, but I also love just great teaching. And uh, so I'm going to try to sit back so okay. and just enjoy. But you can interject if you want. But I do have permission <laughs> yes, if, I, if I need to. But um, yeah. how would you like me to introduce you? Like when you get up for Jingle Bell, do oh, they gosh. have a drum roll? Do they have uh, – <laughs> uh, well, you did. You I did, did on accident. You did on accident have a drum roll. Um, yeah. Can I just introduce you and you take it? Sure. All yeah, right. We can do that. We could do that here. Here. She is Rebecca (laughs) Grieben. Take it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I am really excited to share this message. Uh, Jingle Bell is one of my favorite events. um, Wait, is it really? Just kidding. That was a joke. That was a joke. (laughs) That was was my interjection joke (laughs) for anybody who thought, no, he's going to ask questions. All right, I'm done. Yeah, no, you're good. You're good. It's one of my favorite events. We started it. I want to say nine years ago, but it might be eight. I have to think about it. And it started as a really small event and has kind of snowballed and grown um, because it's just so much fun. We invite uh, women from all over the community and from around. It's it's a New Braunfels event, but we have women from Austin, San Antonio, Wimberley, Dripping Springs, um, and the surrounding area come and just – be there and be hostess. The hostesses all decorate different tables yeah. with their own style. Here and I am we, no, please do. It's they do. Beautiful. And it's it's gorgeous. They do such a good job. I have no talent with that at all. And so I'm really, I'm really not a decorator. I I'm not a craft that. person. And um, I don't like it, and I'm not good at it. And so I just don't. I'm very honest. I've got a pretty, you know, good mirror of what I'm good at and what I'm not. And so these ladies do this great job, and they and they invite people, and we always leave seats open for visitors and new people that may not know anyone. And so nobody, I think, ever leaves going. I didn't talk to anyone or yeah. have anyone talk to me, no matter how big. The crowd gets – we had around 330 women this year. That's great. We kind of toned it down. In 2019, we actually had 500 women. Right. And this year, just trying to do some social distancing and and not sure what all was going to be going on. Because we start planning this, obviously, like in July. Yeah. uh, Because it's such a big event. But it's – it's just turned into this amazing fellowship evening, and we just talk a lot about, like, the message of the season. And it's a lot – it's very focused on Jesus, obviously, but I try to come in and find new ways to look at the story, you know, because the story of of Christmas has been told over and over and over again. But Mm. no matter how many times we tell it or read it, it never gets boring because there's always something new. There's always something to learn that you didn't see before, you didn't notice before, no matter how many times you teach it or write it or listen to it. And so I I love that about it. And it's written, you know, from different angles in the four Gospels. My Mm. favorite is Luke. Okay. I like the Gospel of Luke. I relate to Luke well. He's... uh, 
he's a doctor. I mean, obviously, we named our first child Luke. Like, we, we yeah. kind of – and he, he writes in a way – he was a, a Gentile and a Greek. And so he writes a little bit more logically, which for me works when I'm studying something, yeah. right? And yeah. studying it as history, not just this fantastical fairy tale because it's right. history. It's not right. a fairy tale. And so yeah. – it's interesting to me because when I go back and I and I look at it and I look at like my notes from other Jingle Bells, a lot of times I'll have even the same phrases that I've used in years past because it's just such the message that's put on my heart and that yeah. God wants heard. And so it's a privilege to me to get to keep doing that, you know, and keep bringing that message out and to have him keep telling me, look, this is this is where I want you to go with mm-hmm. it. And so that's always such a, an honor to do. And it's such an honor to have people walk away and go, I had never thought of that or no one's ever said it that way in front of me. And so I like to think way outside of the box and try and find new and interesting ways. And, you know, I'll go back and look at notes or journal entries or posts I've done or blogs that I've written or that I saved because they were important to me. And it's so interesting to me that I find that no matter – how far along in history we get or how far along like in my life and the seasons I get, as much as things have changed, and I would I would say the last year and a half, two years have really changed the landscape of our lives right. and of our world. But ironically, when I go back and, and look at what I've done and what's caught my attention before, I feel like even more has stayed the same. Huh. It's so interesting, like the posts and the things I've written or read or that struck me I could say them in any season I lived previously and in the current one we're in now, and they are still just as applicable. Yeah. And other people, when I repost like memories or things, the reactions are always like, oh, my gosh, you did this four years ago, but it just it hit me so hard today. And I think it's because the core of our human heart and our struggles basically doesn't deviate very much. Yeah. It doesn't change a lot. It just repeats over and over again throughout history, throughout our lives, throughout our seasons. It's just wrapped in new paper. That's good. With different trappings. And I think it's because we have to, to stop and acknowledge the fact that the brokenness of the world can actually only manifest itself in a handful of ways. Because the purveyor mm. of that brokenness can't create anything. Mm. He can only hope to warp and destroy. But he can't actually make anything new. And so that's why we have to keep coming back time and time again to the study and the story of the author, the one who actually can create, who still lives and loves and saves for all eternity and has the capability to make things new and to make things novel. And so I think that's why it never gets less important to keep coming back and studying God's word and studying what it is he's saying to us and finding the new in it. Yeah. As opposed to getting bogged down in the repetition of the brokenness, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of drags at us. And so that's, that's an interesting thing to me. And, you know, it's, it's fun because when I, when I look at, like, how we're made to do this and how we're made to do our gifts and how we speak, God is so intentional in how he makes us. Yeah. And I am – you know, I laugh a lot of times, but I am the epitome of, like, a Texas gal, which is really <laughs> funny because I'm actually first-generation Texan. I'm first-generation American on my mom's side, you know, yeah. sweet tinny. Oh, sweetest human on earth tenny. honestly yes. i mean yes. if just anybody that hasn't met her i'm so sorry i yeah. apologize to you because apologize she's the most precious person in the world and she's this beautiful precious <laughs> armenian woman she didn't come to the united states till she was like 27 28 years old yeah and somehow ended up in texas and that's a whole fascinating story right. uh, in and of itself and so i'm first generation american on my mom's side my dad is actually from california but right. he moved here like in the 70s before it was trendy so we don't have to be mad at him like don't get mad He's not one of the new Californians. Like, he's Texan because he's been here long enough. 
And so I'm really like a first-generation Texan. And so it's funny that I am like such an epitome of Texas gal. Right. Like the phrase, everything's bigger in Texas, completely, completely applies. I have a big voice. Right. I have a big laugh. I have big hair. You know, it's smushed right now. <laughs> Y'all do not know the work we had to do to get the headphones on here in a way that was pleasing to me. And these big giant earrings that are smushed under them. But I just everything's bigger. I have a big heart. I have a really big personality. Yeah. I like big moments. I love moments with like dramatic stories and thrilling rescues and, you know, amazing turnarounds that take your breath away. Yeah. These are the things that I really like. I have big hopes. I have big dreams. I have big visions for the future, not only for myself, but for everyone around me, like the people that I love, the people that I care about. I have big visions for them, too. If they don't have them, they can come to me, and I will give them a big vision. <laughs> I love big I mourn big. You never don't know mm. when I'm sad. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm a big picture kind of gal. Mm. And so my question in any situation, in any story, is always, okay, what's the end goal? Mm. Like, where are we going with this? I don't like to get wrapped up in details a lot of time, which is why I'm not good at crafting. <laughs> right? Because crafting and art is like a lot of detail. And I yeah. tend to get a little impatient with details sometimes. I know they're necessary, but I don't want to focus on them. Because yeah. I'm so big picture. Greg lasted me a couple of years ago. We were... Something was going on, and I was getting really impatient with some details. And he yeah. said, "Hun, I just need you to know that you are 10 miles down the road, and no one else has left the starting line yet. Like, you're going to have to slow down and not – but I'm That's just funny. like, let's go. And so this makes me perfectly built for fascination with salvation mm. and with eternity's blueprint for the world. Like, what is the big picture? How do we get everyone there? If the plan is kingdom work is to get everyone in the kingdom, how do we get them there? What's the plan? Yeah. Like, in the mess and the muck and all the noise and negativity and all the heartache and the hubris. I love alliteration, too. That's good. With all the division and (laughs) discord going on, Mm. how do we stay the course? How do we not lose the big picture in the details? Mm. And how do we get there? And how do we do it in a way that we take as many people with us Mm. as possible? Right. Mm -hmm. That to me is the big picture. It's why I probably don't react a lot of times the way people would think to certain situations because I'm like, is this a big picture issue? If it's not, it's probably not my focus. And so I love Christmas so much because this time of year, no matter what's going on in our world, in our hearts and in our homes, this time of year gives us an opportunity for a reset We can pause for a moment to bask in the lovely simplicity of the greatest story in the history of humankind. Mm -hmm. God's gift to the world, his plan packaged with love and placed in our midst. Mm. And I think sometimes when we talk about gifts from God, we can spin out a little. Because in the making of all our gratitude lists, and I fully support the making of gratitude lists, I will tell you, ask my children, ask the girls that come to small group in my house, like, I am all about making gratitude lists to adjust our attitude, to make sure we're being thankful. But I think sometimes when we make these lists, our focus can become a little bit split. Mm -hmm. And we can lose the big picture a little bit because we're focused so much on our lists. Yeah. And the thing is, I love everything on the list. I'm thankful for, I think we should all be thankful for the people in our lives, our community, our church, our village, our family, even the tough ones, right? Thankful for talents that God's given us and the people around us, for opportunities to use and share those talents. More than ever now, I think we are all very thankful for any times we have health or Mm -hmm. times of healing. Like it's it's such a bigger deal to us. These are all amazing gifts and blessings from above. Mm -hmm. But they're add-ons. And they're accessories. Mm, they are not the good. capstone, and they don't comprise the core. That's good. That honor belongs to Jesus, the one and only, 
the pinnacle of it all, God's greatest gift to the world. That's the gift. And so this year at Jingle Bell, that's kind of where I wanted to place my focus. Yeah. And, you know, when, when you put messages together, right, you're always trying to find, like, the best way to say it. And for me, I'm always like, what's the oomph? Like, what's the hook that's really going <laughs> to yeah. put out there in a way that you remember? And yeah. sometimes those words come from you when you're writing a message. Right. And sometimes they come from other sources. Yeah. To kind of help you along. And so when I was looking for like a, a really good way to express this, maybe in a way that was more eloquent than, than what I was putting together, I was reading the book Prayer in the Night by Tish Harrison Warren. I don't know if you've ever read anything by her. She's <clears throat> unbelievable. Okay. I cannot recommend this book enough. It's okay. so great. And one of the chapters, of course, right when I was writing Jingle Bell that I came, came upon, she is challenged by somebody with the question, is Jesus enough? Mm. And uh, she was, uh, it was a missionary that asked her this question. And she is a priest. Mm-hmm. She's an ordained priest. And so she said this person asked her the question, is Jesus enough? And it really made her think. And this mm-hmm. is where she went uh, in her book with the answer to that. She says, if things didn't work out, if God seemed distant, if my life plans crumbled, was Jesus still enough? Or was I instead seeking Jesus and success, Jesus and happiness, Jesus and a fruitful ministry? Time and time again in my life, when I face bitter disappointment, when I'm terrified of what's around the bend, when I fail, when I'm hurt by someone I trusted, when God isn't doing what I want him to do, I've had to return to that question. Jesus promises nothing more or less than himself. He will yoke himself to us and never leave our side. He won't take away the weight we bear, but he will bear it with us. God owes us nothing. Any happiness, success, or desire fulfilled is a gift to be received gratefully. It's gravy. I had two reactions when she said this, yeah. light bulbs and tears, right? Which light is bulbs a random, and tears. right? Yeah, I love it. Tears because she so eloquently put into words what my heart was trying to say. Yeah. And I was just so impressed with how she worded it. Mm-hmm. And light bulbs because as usual, it pulled out more revelations from the story. You know, going through and we, we teach a lot and if you've heard me speak at any kind of Christmas time before, you've heard me talk a lot about the humanity of Jesus and why he came to earth this way and what it meant. And this just kind of I felt gave another dimension to that. Yeah. To where when we unpack it we can understand yet another layer to why he came this way. There's a reason he came in stripped, yeah. naked, mm. small without titles or labels or costumes, without fanfare or pomp or ceremony, without a specific address or lasting architecture. He did it to show us that none of that mattered. He didn't answer the questions on purpose. He wanted us to know that none of that makes you any more or less qualified to do kingdom work when you're when it's your turn to be called. And this is why I think the story has gaps. You know, so many times we get frustrated. We're like, I mean, really, what? why don't we know more about the story? Why don't we know exactly where the inn was? I mean, right. people fight over whether they have a piece of the manger or the not. Was it a manger? Was it an upstairs room? Was it a cave? Was it right. a this? Like, how long exactly did it take the wise men to get there? What was he like as a child? Did he get along with his siblings? Was he obnoxious? Did he ever get in trouble? Did he already know? Like, we have all these questions that we ask, and none of them get answered. And I think that God put gaps in the story on purpose because we, as a whole, tend to weaponize details. 
Ooh, right? We get wrapped around the axle, and then we start making excuses and accusations. We come up with reasons the story doesn't apply to us or doesn't match what we're walking through. Well, that's not what he did. Look at all the specificity. I mean, his pedigree was impressive enough to get their attention, but not impressive enough to exclude anybody. He wasn't born into a certain city, I think, because everybody wouldn't say, well, if you're from that city, this is what it is. He definitely wasn't born into uh, a certain wealth or, you know, he was kind of generic in a lot mm, of ways. I like that. And mm, I think he kept it that good. way. I'm per- we come up with reasons to exclude ourselves or others from things when it's specific. And I think God, mm. throughout the Bible, That's and good. definitely with the story of Christmas, tried to set the scene to prevent that as much as it could be prevented. He made him approachable because we don't have all the answers. Now, he did have to be specific in one thing. Yes, he came, Jesus came as a guy. Like, he came as a yeah. dude. He had to. <laughs> There's no way at that time in history anybody would have listened to a woman. A woman would not have had access to the education or been allowed to travel alone or go the places he needed to go to do what he had to do. He had to come as a man. Mm. However, he came in a way that couldn't be done without a woman, mm-hmm. making her integral to part of the process. And then he went and put together this ragtag team of guys, once again driving home the point that no labels, not your gender, not your skin color, not your ethnicity, not your social status, your education level, your intelligence quotient, your body type, your skill set, none of it, none of the things we see or feel or call ourselves preclude us from importance in the kingdom. Yeah. It's good. I mean, God broke 400 years of silence to a 14-year-old girl at a time in history when 14-year-old girls were not considered citizens Mm. of any importance. And so I think when we look at that and we go, he gave her a shot. No one else would have given her this. She was nobody. Right. She was the wrong everything for the job, right? And so when we we see that, we have to go, what makes me think he's not going to give me a shot? Yeah. He absolutely will. He absolutely will. He came down here to prove just how much he loves us because he couldn't do it any other way. And in doing so, he gave all of himself to us without reservation, without hesitation or holding back. We cannot ever get over the wonder of the fact that Jesus lived as a human and he was not exempt from the trials of humanity. And while I don't ever, I don't know if he ever had a stomach ache or a stub toe, we do know that he obeyed the laws of nature down to the final detail with two notable exceptions, Mm. how he got here and how he left. All right. I am loving this message from Rebecca Grieben. Here's what I want you to do. Come back if you're on KSLR and listen next Saturday for part two. If you're not available then, you can catch the podcast. Go to Very Bold Radio and Podcast. Look me up on Facebook, Steve Teal. I want you to hear the rest of this message. It's dynamic, it's awesome, and it is for you. The Apostle Paul wrote, Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.